There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. I've said it time and again that there is a real energetic human connection with the guests on this show, and my next guest is no exception. Marie Forfer is an entrepreneur, medium, mentor, and artist based on the Sunshine Coast here in Australia. She helps high-achieving women get in touch with their spirit, ignite their inner fire, and take their life to the next level. I had so many laughs with Marie, and I know this won't be our last conversation with this connection. Welcome, Marie, to The Ethical Evolution. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Now, I'm super excited because you're right here in Queensland too, um, which is super unusual for me. Most people are on the other side of the world, so... Thank you for joining me. There's no time difference. Yes. I was like, wow, I don't have to worry about a time zone for once. How awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, uh, can you tell us uh, who you are and what you do? Who I am and what I do. No bloody idea who I I am. (laughs) Um, and really not much of a clue about what I do. I, um, well, my name is Marie Forfa and I am a medium and I help business people kind of find themselves again or uh, help them kind of align with whatever their pathway is, whether that's in business or in the corporate world or really just high-performing people um, and helping them through channeling messages or healing or reading energy, whatever it really is, I help, I help people. That's kind of <laughs> who I am and what I do. Um, but that's predominantly what I do. I do run a number of other um, tr- more traditional style businesses, mm-hmm. but, uh, but every, at the end of the day, everything's helping people. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. And um, I, I haven't told you this bit yet, but I have a bit of a medium channel as well. So I get oh, messages cool. uh, for my clients as well. And it's, yeah. So again, that's another reason why I picked you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, uh, can you tell us, um, in a nutshell, what is your mission? My mission? I think my mission in life is really just to help people find their own path. Mm. So it, it took me actually a little while to figure this out. And I think I've always been one of those helpers or people pleasers or someone who just wants to kind of be part of the next thing. Mm. And when I've really taken a step back and I've looked at all the businesses that I've created and the ways that have helped people, I've realized that I'm more like a, a medium is a really good, like descriptive word, not just for like talking to the other side, <laughs> but actually being like a, a, a person that helps people get back on the path. I'm not the path. I just help people get there. So uh, one of my businesses is uh, Past Gamsat and we uh, help 
people become medical doctors, Mm. which is like a traditional education business. It's a five-hour exam, 10-stage interview. And if I think about that, it's like, well, I'm taking people that aren't doctors and helping them become doctors. That's their pathway. Another one of our businesses is um, the Doctors Collective, and that helps doctors um, bring more of the right patients to their practice because sometimes doctors kind of can be a jack of all trades in a, in a particular area. Mm. Um, and so, again, we're helping them get on the path of whatever their specialty is. And the same thing with my mediumship work and my work with high-performing people, it just helps them find themselves. So I don't know, Pathfinder doesn't sound right because there's the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know really, I, I think it's a Nissan. I don't want to be a Nissan. No. But <laughs> no. Let's, if it was a Maserati, maybe I'd have maybe. a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's really, Pathfinder is probably a really good way of thinking about what my, my mission is. Yeah. And again, you know, that's that's where um, you and I align again um, in what I do with my clients is I actually help them find their voice um, So and, and share their message. So, uh, yeah, something's boiling here and I can... <laughs> it's bubbling away. Something's happening. <laughs> um, so can you tell us about some of the people that you've helped and the difference that it's made? Ah, oh, like where where do I start is the question. Mm. I, there's such a broad range of people that come to me because high performing is really an interesting term because I get business people and I get corporate people. Um, I remember that there was this one chap that I met and it was actually quite a, like a, a non-woo-woo event. It was like we were in, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Virgin Unite, but they're um, Richard Branson's yeah. charity and, yep. and I've supported that for a number of years. Um, and I was at a, a Branson event or a Virgin Unite event and it was a, I don't even know how I got in the room. There was like <laughs> people from Westpac and people from, you know, Ernst & Young and AMP and all these like super uber corporate kind of what I don't do anymore kind of people. <laughs> and uh, and we get in the room and and they have these little workshoppy things. And so we go into the workshop and they talk about vulnerability, which is like something that I absolutely believe in. And I think it's just uh, such an important part of life, being able to be vulnerable and open to change and just being who you are. And they said, well, you have to be vulnerable and tell the person next to you something that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have said in this context. So I turn around to this guy and I say, well, I'm a medium thinking, well, he's just going to laugh me out of here. And he's like, well, well, okay, well, if you're a medium, t- tell me something that you probably, you know, <laughs> like prove it kind of thing. <laughs> and so I did like a two minute reading on him and he was floored to the point where he took me out of the session for the next hour and a half bombarded with me. How do you know this information? I'm like, well, I kind of can read your energy. So um, you told me the information and he's like, (laughs) what? I need to know. And he actually signed up as a client because he was like, I'm in this corporate world. How are we not using this energy? So I could teach him how to not only read and manage his own energy, but start to look at other people's energy as well. And so for him, and this was actually right before um, right before the whole pandemic kind of started, he was like, and we, you know, obviously doing readings around the energy with pandemic and what's going to happen and stuff for his consulting world. He was like, well, I've got being given like an edge. <laughs> like I know stuff my competitors don't know, but also like he can just manage his own energy and stuff mm. better. So he became a better father, a better husband, a better person walking, working for whatever the big companies he works for. I won't mention 
but just his whole life started to make more sense and it was it stressful still the pandemic I think it was a stressful time for lots of people mm. doing corporate jobs but it kind of changed what he saw was possible mm. and I think that's a lot of the work that I do like really transforming what is possible for someone and opening up to oh there's something on the other side and it can help you with all the things right not just oh dead grandpa wants to say he loves you but <laughs> How can we like actually put that into our life? Yeah, and this is it, you know, like when we get in the, into a corporate world, which I've done for over 20 years, um, you know, we get so stuck in our head, you know, and oh. I think when we do that, we, we don't connect with ourselves and, and our gut and our energy and the moment that you, you, you know, connect with yourself, I think um, everything just flows and, yet, you know, it's just effortless. And the moment that you can just strip away all that other noise and, and just listen to yourself, magic happens. Yes. And I think that's like in the corporate world, yes, but also like the entrepreneurial mm. world that I tend to live in. Mm. Like I have clients where they come to me and they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. Like I had this client, Janet, she came to me and she's like, I've got a blockage about this new thing that I'm launching and blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about that. And I was like, oh, I can see your energy is blocked there, but actually it's got to do with this thing all the way over here. And we're going to have to deal with that. And, and when we started dealing with not what she thought the blockage of the world, because it was coming from her head, but actually energetically what was going on in her body and her different systems and just how she was thinking, feeling, acting, then we ended up just automatically clearing what she thought was the blockage. We got rid of that and all these other actual physical ailments. So she came to me and worked with her for three months. She said, oh, I really want to, you know, work on the energy of this launch or whatever. We ended up talking about her throat and her throat energy and how she connects to her own inner voice and, and the voice of spirit. And, um, and it was only after we were working together that she said, I never actually told you this, but I actually had a niggling thing that was wrong with my throat and the doctors couldn't figure it out. Like I just, it was just, I was going to do tests. She's like, I literally had done every test under the sun. And then after working with you, I realized it just went away. And I was like, oh, well, funny that. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes just moving the energy and starting to understand and go to what the core blockage is doesn't only just energetically open you up, but also physically. Like so true. And and you know, what we emotionally manifest becomes a physical thing, you know? And um I know I've done quite a lot of sound healing. Um and, you know, when you can actually release all of that resistance, my God, you're a whole new person. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think everyone's had that kind of feeling where they've just they don't know what's wrong, but it's just mm. like, oh everything's kind of out of whack. Mm. Look for me Sound healing is amazing, but mm. obviously you can't do that every minute of the day unless no. you've got your own bowls and stuff. <laughs> so I just jump into the ocean mm. and that I, I jump into the ocean with the intention of clearing mm. and I swear to God, I do it every day. I come out a new bloody person. Mm. Like I come out and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that wasn't my stuff that was attaching to me. I'm kind of, I feel myself again. How amazing. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of us make space for ourselves, do we? We Uh, get in our own way. Probably the most difficult thing I find with my clients where the first part of working with me is always like, okay, 
I call it data in, data out. Mm. What data is coming in that we need to just like cut it off and mm. what are you spewing out that we also need to cut off because none of that is helpful and it's about creating a space where we can listen to like what is the insight saying, what is the intuition saying and what is the instinct saying mm. and how do we decipher which one's which? <laughs> like yeah. you can't if there's no space. So mm. that's clearing space is Oh, my number one tip to people listening. Mm, yeah, wow. Oh, God, we could go on about this forever. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm, cu- I'm curious to know, um, and I asked curious questions, I'm curious to know, when did you first find out that you had medium talents? Oh, goodness, it is an incredible story. I have been a medium, I believe, all my life, but I grew up in a very traditional Macedonian um, family so my mum and my dad are both Macedonian. This is a little landlocked country just above Greece, former Yugoslavian, so just set in the scene. Um, and so when I'd see stuff, it freaked my parents out and they did some hocus-pocus and basically closed my third eye. Wow. And uh, it, I guess that was good at the time because, you know, as a kid, like, oh, there's someone in the cupboard. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, my daughter is actually very uh, psychic as well, and I am a psychic, and I get freaked out by what she tells me. Whoa. So I can't even imagine if I wasn't a psychic how that would be scary. Um, but I, so it's been there, but it was shut down. And what happened was in 2014, I uh, was traveling with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband. And we would travel six months on, six months off in Europe and the States and then six months in Sydney. And so we were on one of our big trips and we've always worked when we were traveling and our business was going great. Everything was kind of working on autopilot. So I started to just go, oh, I'm kind of interested in this spiritual stuff. I'll, I'll check it out. And I got a Doreen Virtue book. I think it was like Talking with Angels or something about mm. Angels 101. And it basically is like... Um, you read a chapter and it tells you a little exercise to do. And I would be reading in bed with my with my literal doctor, like boyfriend, who is like not really spiritual, let's face it, like very scientific doctor. Mm. That's what I do. And so he'd be reading some doctory book and I'd be reading my little <laughs> like angel book and doing the exercises but not telling him, like just doing it on my own, whatever. Yeah. And he was going through a bit of a crisis but He's also come from Europe. He was very kind of Polish. He came here as a refugee, he's Polish, grew up in communism, not allowed to like share a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and so he was having his own little crisis next to me in bed one day when he, I'm reading this book and he's in his head going, should I leave medicine? Like, is this risk worth it? And I don't know, maybe I was a good doctor, maybe I wasn't or whatever. And um, I'm doing the angels next to him, just like totally oblivious. And I see a spirit appear at the end of the bed and I go, Tom, don't get freaked out, but I'm kind of like channeling spirits here and I've got a lady at the end of the bed. I described what she looked like and I said she was a patient of yours and you've always wondered if you did everything you could to save her and she wants to say you're an amazing doctor and what you did was incredible and the reason why she died was not because of you and that... It was, you know, just a comedy of errors, what really happened, one on top of the other, top of the other, top of the other. And that, you know, the last thing that you did, it didn't matter what you had done. You were kind of the last person to come along. The damage was already done. And it was just her time to go. And there's no anger. There's no. And so I'm channeling this message to him. 
and he's just flabbergasted. He's just like, what? How do you know about that patient? And I was extremely specific with exactly who that patient was. And he was just like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. And he was just firstly didn't know what to say (laughs) and then he was like well thank you this and the message that she gave him helped him make a decision whether he should stay in medicine or not and then later that week I go to a little church at the end of where all my ancestors are in a tiny little village in the middle of nowhere and um totally forgotten about the dead woman turning up and you know whatever angels whatever I was visiting family and I go to this little church where, you know, it's literally in a village of 40 people, 40 houses, I should say, probably about 40 people are left there, middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, let's go inside this church. This is where my dad was born. This will be really beautiful. Um, All of my ancestors are buried outside of this church. I feel like I'm walking and I'm going, I feel really good here. They open the door to the church and I almost fall over from energy, like whacking me in the face. I'm just like, whoa, swoosh. I feel like the presence of every ancestor I've ever had before kind of wash over me. It's just like this incredible. And I turn to my my boyfriend, Tom, my husband now, and I'm like, can you feel that? And he just like turns around and goes, well, what, feel what? <laughs> and I realized no one else could feel it but me. Oh, And I went and my dad was there and my uncle was there. And so same family, they didn't feel it either. So I realized, I think really that trip to Macedonia 2014 opened me. Mm. Now I don't bloody close it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just use it here, there and everywhere. It's good. (laughs) That is incredible. Wow. And isn't it amazing, um, you know, the the divine timing of things, how it shows up exactly when it's meant to. Totally. I mean, I couldn't have, I said I couldn't have tried, but I guess I did try to Mm. because I was reading that book. I just could never have imagined the life that I would lead. Like in that moment, reopening that book, I just never did I come with the intention that this is what I was going to do. It just is what I do. And so now I just roll with it. I've just learned to go, okay, well, it's not really up to me. It's up to the universe or to God, to spirit, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to roll with it now. I'm going to ask questions. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. absolutely love it. And and to, you know, help so many people with it, like, wow. Um, so right. now that you're doing this and, and you've got all these businesses happening, um, what would you say is your biggest challenge and how do you overcome it? Biggest challenge, I, particularly with my coaching and my mediumship, I think it's for me and my clients, sometimes I think it's just trust. Mm. Like trusting that I'm a big planner. I'd love to like have a schedule for everything and a nice little checklist. And I just don't get that in the work that I do. I have to sometimes just turn up and know, okay. I can't see the whole staircase. I just need to take the the first stair and the rest of the staircase will appear when it appears. Mm. And I think for me that's difficult and I've been doing this for so many years. I can't even imagine how hard that is for my clients who are, you know, the people that have hustled to get really far in their business mm. or their partners in a big four consulting firm or they're, you know, a manager at a bank or, you know, they've just done lots of stuff particularly my entrepreneurs who are like the biggest hustlers in the world, Mm. just to slow down and trust, that's a big lesson. Yeah. It is big. 
Yeah, I have the same challenge with my clients. You know, they, they'll be doing all of the things. They want to be everything to everyone. But it's like, okay, you're going to have to let some stuff go now. And they're like like just letting go of that stuff and focusing on what lights them up. Well, that can be so hard. Do they ask you the question because they get, I get this all the time, how do I let go? Like how do I let go? Yeah. I get this all the time. Yes. And I'm like, you let go by letting go. Like pick up a pen, let it go. You know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that, that I do is it's like, okay, we have an association with, with a particular, you know, service you provide or whatever it might be. Um, and like do you really love to do that? If you do, hang on to it. If you don't, let that shit go. <laughs> Let it go. So I've got a three-year-old and, of course, she's obsessed with Frozen, like every three-year-old in the planet, I think. Yes. Um, and so I sing Let It Go yes. day and day. It's like my favourite <laughs> song. I, I feel like it opens up my throat chakra as well. Like yeah. it's actually, and a girlfriend of mine's a, a, a singing teacher and she, sing, she uh, teaches kids to sing and she's just stepped into the teaching kids to sing kind of role, she's like, oh, I'm singing these great songs, let it go. And I'm like, isn't it great? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yes, I'm like, it's so empowering. (laughs) I think it's really made for adults as well as kids. Look, I think it's it's a universal message for everyone, not just Frozen. (laughs) The the other message that I get is slow the fuck down. (laughs) But I don't think that's a kid's song. No. No, might not be. <laughs> oh. Now, for those who can't actually see you on screen but can hear you, uh, you've actually got a little uh, picture behind you that says, what would Beyonce do? Uh, I do have a story to this. Yeah. I think everyone has their, like, inner mean girl. Mm-hmm. You know that, like, inner voice that's like, no, you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then they have, like, the best version of themselves. Like, and I call that your full Beyonce self. Mm-hmm. And so I like to channel my inner Beyonce when I'm like, <laughs> and look, I'm not a performer, I'm really not a singer, but just in general life, it's like, what would Beyonce do? Like, what would the Beyonce in me do? You know, my Beyonce. <laughs> And and again, this you, this is going to blow your mind, right? So this this is this is fate right here, right now. The universe has brought us together because when when I did my coaching training, one of our um, pattern breaking questions was, "What would you know so and so do?" Mine was, "What would Oprah do?" Amazing. So yeah. is she your inner Oprah is your inner like best version of yourself. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you chose a good person. Yeah. You chose a good freaking person. I would love to meet Oprah. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I've, I've been um, compared to her a couple of times this week after a certain interview. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I need to tell you how much, uh, you know, my grandmother loves me? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to go left field now. Yeah. Can you define for me what being ethical means to you? Ah, oh, this is interesting because this is actually a, a, a as part of one of the businesses that we run, we actually have to do ethics training, Ooh. Like medical ethics training. Mm. Um, but I don't think you're talking about medical ethics here. I think no. you're talking about ethics in, in yeah. general. The way that I kind of see it, though, is uh, something that is right to you. Mm. And the way that I see that is like how or ethics in what you do is really how can you create a win-win-win situation so that everybody wins. And that's the way that I run 
all the businesses that I run, the charity that I've started, the work that I do with my clients, because mostly the clients that I work with, they're impacting a lot of people. And so I go, how can I create a win for me, a win for my clients and a win for humanity or and a win for everyone else that's affected by whatever decision we make? So I don't know if that defines ethics, but it's kind of how I am ethical Mm. or how I see myself as being ethical Mm. because, I mean, what's right for me is maybe going to be not right for you. Yeah. But if we can look at it from a win-win perspective, then kind of moving things in the right direction. Yeah, and I love that. And there's there's no wrong answer to this really. Um, And uh, what I love about your perspective is that, you know, you're actually – um, going another step further than just doing what's right for you and your clients or your business, but it's for, for the everyone around you and who it impacts. So, you know, that's that paying it forward element, I guess. Yeah, I mean, every, we're all one. That's mm. why. Mm. Because actually the people around us are us. Like we're all, we're all going to the same place after this. You know, like we're all going to die. We all need to eat. I mean, even if you don't believe in anything slightly spiritual, which you're crazy if you don't, but if you don't, you've got to think, well, we're all eating from the same earth. We're all living on the same planet. We are all one. Mm. So what's going to affect you is going to affect me. And if we can do it in a positive way, like then there doesn't always need to be a loser. No. I, I really, really what I work with often with a lot of my clients is how do we get rid of the competition? Because mm. there is no competition. Mm. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, for the last year, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, was something that really hit me hard was I, I went, ah, okay, I see this now. Like, you know, what? And, and the thing I often say is what, what I do today impacts your tomorrow and vice versa, because we're all in the same home. And, you know, the pandemic has shown us quite visually the what one person can do to many. So, oh, you know? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. When Tom and I first started Passcounter, which was our first company that we started together, I um so I've never wanted to be a doctor, right? Like just no career aspirations to go and cut shit out of people that does not <laughs> light my fire. <laughs> but I always think like through the work I've done creating doctors, I have actually saved thousands of people's lives because every doctor I create goes on to save hundreds or thousands of people's lives and without me they probably would have had a much more difficult step to get there so really I am I've like saved so many thousands of lives and right in the beginning that was such a driving factor to me because I could see Mm. how it was going to affect the world same thing with my mediumship work it's like I specifically targeted high-performing people Mm. firstly because they need this like more than anyone else really (laughs) because they're usually like go go hustle 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 Mm. but secondly because I can see that I affect one high-performing entrepreneur or one kind of corporate CEO and the the whole company that they run changes their employees are happy their customers are more happy everything the the impact they have on the environment is better like Mm. everything works better like that's great it's just a ripple effect isn't it ah and I can see it I mean maybe because I'm a medium or I feel energy or I don't know I think that everybody can see that too Mm. 
Yeah, and it's a, it's a great way to target it too, you know, because you're going to have a bigger impact yourself. So, so, so great. Um, now, I need to ask you, mm-hmm. what's your future plans? What are you working on at the moment? Oh, so many things. <laughs> I bet. Sometimes I'm going to, like, give my own advice to me, like, slow the fuck <laughs> down, you know. <laughs> um, I run retreats, which I haven't been able to do during the pandemic, but yeah. I am very excited to be able to r- be running my next one at the end of March. So, and I do them usually twice or three times a year. So I'm excited to be able to get a beautiful bunch of people together and work on really helping people to understand how to tap into their own intuition and how to have their own spiritual practices, whatever they may be. Mm. I am also uh, running uh, an online course, which is exciting. Um, I've run online courses many times before, but this one really um, is targeted for people who need an introduction to spirituality, but in a very non-woo-woo way. Yeah. Because I'm a medium and I think it's great. Most people come to a medium when they're in trouble. Like, ah, someone died. Let's speak to somebody, you know. Um, or like, oh, I've got a big career decision to make. Or the shit has hit the fan somehow. Or I'm getting divorced or whatever. That's when people come and see a medium. And, and I'm like, you need me before that? Mm. <laughs> Not uh, like after that's a little bit. So what I want to do is introduce people to a way that they can speak to their own intuition mm. easier through that online program. Um, as well as writing events and speaking events and, you know, creating doctors like I do every day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just changing the world as you do, you know. Well, one person at a time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully more podcast episodes. I love to speak and I really love um, just connecting with people who are like-minded mm. and on the same path and and sharing stories. I think at the end of the day that's, that's how I teach people in any of my businesses, whether it's um, – my, my mediumship or any of the other stuff, I just I tell stories and people get the point. Mm, yeah, that's – and, you know, it's about human connection, isn't it? Like everything uh, we do comes back to human connection. Absolutely. I mean, during the pandemic, wasn't that just a great lesson to understand how important that is? Yeah, yeah. Like I, were, you, yeah. were you kind of separated from anyone or yeah. like – yeah, I was. Um, at like locally, my family and I, we didn't see each other for a while. If we did, it was at, you know, arm's length. Um, but, you know, during that time, I was probably the busiest I've ever been and created some of the greatest friendships I've ever had in my life. Ah. Oh. That's a blessing, mm. such a blessing. To be honest, I was quite busy as well. <laughs> yeah. I know this is the field we're in where everyone's like, ah, I need help now. Yeah. <laughs> or I think the other thing is that like when you stop, sometimes you realise what's missing and that you need a hand to get back on your path. When you stop going to your office and having to manage everyone, micromanage everyone or, you know, all the sales stop trickling in in your business and you go, wait a minute, mm. is this a sign or is it not a sign? Should I be doing this or should I? And so I was very busy as well, mm. which, you know, it kind of, you got to take the goods when you can, like the good, the positive side because there are, like I do, my heart goes out to people that have lost loved ones or, you know, lost a job that they really needed or, I know there's lots of divorces. My parents actually got to, like, started, their divorce started happening after 40 years. Wow. Well, not really because of the pandemic, <laughs> but, you know, in the pandemic. So yeah. we might, you know, we can use that as a scapegoat, but obviously that's not the problem. 
But I think that that's happened to a lot of people. Mm. So my heart really goes out to people where that's really affected them too. Yeah. And again, you know, anybody who's listened to me in the last year would have uh, heard my revelation that, you know, in 2020, um, I think we found what really matters. Ah, so much. Yes. So (laughs) much. Yes. Oh my goodness. And isn't that refreshing? My prediction is going to be though, this is going to go on a lot longer than anyone thinks. Mm. So much longer. I know everyone's like, oh, just waiting till the borders open up, just waiting till the international travel opens up, just waiting till. And if you are in that place in your life where you're just waiting till when, then I think you're going to be bitterly disappointed by this pandemic because it's going to go along way, way, way longer and you're going to have your life on hold for a long freaking time. So just do all the things now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Like a holding pattern is exactly that, you know, like you have to break the pattern and you have to live in the now um, because it's all we got. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I I think that pandemic has taught people that. Mm. Mm. It can, or even the people who thought that everything was a sure deal, it can get ripped off out of, out from under you so quickly. And I don't know, it's kind of, again, you've got to take the good things when you can, because I think that's a great lesson to learn. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's finding the blessings in everything. And, and, you know, not saying that, you know, it's been a you know bed of roses for everyone, but it's like finding the blessings where you can, even when the times are bad. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I actually saw many years ago, I saw a medium when I was in Egypt and um, he gave me this life-changing reading in about 30 seconds flat. Uh, It was the shortest thing I've ever had, but it was so great. He said to me in his really thick Egyptian accent, he's like, Mara, do not put your foot into the suffering of others. You need to be the light. And you can tell them what to do, but you don't suffer with them. And I was like, oh, geez, Gamal, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, just because other people are suffering, you don't need to put your leg into the suffering of others, as you put it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like proper, like Egyptian in the kind of caftani Mm. kind of outfit. And like, he really was playing the part. Um, (laughs) But it's true, you know, like you do have to see the silver linings where you can because suffering is all around, we can look at it, but we just ha- don't have to feel it all the time. That's it. It's so true. Um, now, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Uh, my website's always a great start, Marie Forfa, M-A-R-E-F-O-R-F-A.com. Um, I usually put on there what I'm doing, what's happening. Uh, otherwise, follow me on the socials if you'd like to. I'm probably not as active as most. I don't really live on the socials. In fact, I did a bit of a digital detox and Ooh. it changed my life. Mm. My life. Um, so I am starting to connect a little bit more on the socials. But my website's always the best way. You can send me a mail. Um, we can connect if you'd like to. Awesome. Now I've got the last big question for you. Are you ready? Oh. <clears throat> What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? The change I'd like to see in the world. Wow. Why don't you end on like a teeny tiny question next time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the change I'd like to see in the world is actually an emphasis in on self-love. Mm. 
Because I think if we all started to see ourselves as worthy, to see ourselves as lovable, to love ourselves, or to even be taught how to do that, like let's look at that at a preschool stage and an education standpoint and really, truly not being selfish and not being kind of, oh, she loves herself over there, but actually like truly just inside honoring who we are and loving that for all of the scars and the wounds and the traumas that we have, loving ourselves anyway, that is the change I'd like to see in the world. And I think the way that we do that is one person at a time, Mm. one person at a time, just becoming the light. Like I, I can't make you do anything. I can't, force love upon anyone but I know that I can love myself despite all of the things that some may say are unlovable I can love myself through that and when you see me loving myself and I'm the light and I'm moving forward in faith in confidence knowing that I'm worthy then that might inspire you to love yourself as well so I think that's the only way we can do it I you see me then you do it and then someone sees you and they do it and eventually we're like a little coronavirus and we all the self-love coronavirus. <laughs> Let's just call and it. And it's all across the world somehow. Self-love virus. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I absolutely love that. That is the, I swear to God, that's the best answer I've had to that question so far. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, I really, truly believe that, you know, when we all come from a place of love, true change happens that is not forceful that is not hustle and it's not a torture we we don't all want the same things so we'll all just go after what is for our highest best and somehow it will all work out oh preach it sister yes (laughs) marie oh my gosh i knew there was a reason why i asked you to join me on the show and i can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution oh thank you this is an honor a blessing i love to share my message with people like-minded people yes bring Mm. it (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks for listening to the ethical evolution podcast If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid.